face off like Cassie Let me switch it right quick from fast to slow. I was Damon Wayne. All right, y'all. Welcome to Elevate. Right, who's excited to be here tonight? I couldn't hear you. All right. Okay. I hear you guys now. So, I'm starting this new thing called the hot seat. Has anyone ever heard of the hot seat before? for you tonight. How you feeling? Good. You are good? You're, you are the first person on this hot seat. You know that? Yes. It's pretty exciting. We're making history here. Okay. So, we're going to have a little fun with you. Okay? All right. So, first and, first and foremost, what is your full name? Do you have a middle name? Yes. Isis Jubilee Conde Alegria. Ooh, that's a beautiful name. All right. And... Were you born, where were you born? Were you born here in Chicago? Yes. I don't know. <laughs> okay, we don't know what hospital. That's okay. Um, and how old are you and what grade are you in? I'm 11 and I'm in sixth grade. Where do you go to school? Uh, Royal Christian Academy. Awesome. Very nice. Okay. So, Isis, what is your favorite thing to eat? What's your favorite, favorite, favorite thing? Is it rice? Chicken? No. Is it pizza? No. <laughs> Go ahead, girl. Spaghetti. That surprised me. Spaghetti. Okay. All right. And what is your absolute favorite color? Aqua. Like on the screen, right? Isn't that pretty? Yeah, that was just for you, by the way. By the way. <laughs> All right. Um, if you could be a cartoon, who would you be? In cartoons. Okay. Like Bugs Bunny? You want to be a rabbit? Yeah. You want to be an animaniac? Yeah. I like I never had. Okay, you want to be a Pokemon? Alright, so you don't want to be a cartoon. Okay, now we're getting serious. Very nice. Impressive. What kind of doctor do you know yet? 
You want to be a surgeon? You want to cut people open? Oh. All right, that that's okay. Then then we know what kind of doctor you want to be. Cool. All right. If you could go anywhere in the world, like anywhere, anywhere, where would you go? I like to travel, so it'd be hard for me to Very good. All right, I said few more. So awful. All right, this will be the last one. The last one. Okay. Special one. All right, when you think about your most cherished moment, and you think about it, it makes you so, 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 so happy. What is that? Can you describe it for us? Jonathan. Yeah. 
really have a deep and intimate relationship with him. Amen? All right. And so here our goal at Metro Praise is 100,000 disciples in Chicago and 50 churches to plant in this city and 500 around the world. Do you guys believe that? Oh, you guys are not Do you guys believe that? Yes? All right. There you go. That's enthusiasm I want. Amen. All right. Can we go to the next slide, please? All right, all right, life group. Life group is where we get to just know each other and just fellowship. We have a Bible study and we just come together and we just hang out, we have fun, and we just love on Jesus, right? And this is every Tuesday at 6 p.m. at Pastor Adam's house. At whose house? All right, that's right. So if you want to contact him, feel, feel, feel free to call the number that's on, on, the, on the screen right there, okay? And this past Tuesday, we had life groups, and it's um, going to be with the message, the sermon series, Jesus is bringing sex back, okay? So we're going to think about, we're going to talk about sex, relationships, and real love, the love of God, okay? And how to do it God's way, because that's the only way it's going to be blessed, amen? All right. Okay, so I had mentioned earlier the 101 and the 201, and what that really is all about is discipleship. Everybody say discipleship. It's about making disciples. When Jesus came on earth, he didn't come and make churchgoers or church attendees. He made disciples, okay? All right, so disciples, what do they do? They follow Jesus, right? They walk and they talk like Jesus, all right? So we want to raise this generation up, you guys, because we know you can do it. We believe in you guys, okay? All right, so if you guys are willing and want to start the 101 and be a disciple of Jesus Christ, amen. Power to you. We're here for you. So you can go and you can contact Adam or even Christina, okay? All right. All right, tithes and offering. Here at this church, we don't even tithes and offering that. 10% of our total income belongs to God. Belongs to who? All right, that's right. Okay, and our offering is whatever we give to God after that. We give it to heart, okay? All right, so we're going to give you guys an example of what a tithe and offering is, okay? All right, $50. Anybody know what's 10% of $50? Okay. Jeremiah, I think your hand first. Five point zero zero. Okay, five point zero zero. Oh man, five dollars. Now I'm just kidding. You got it right. All right. So that means that five dollars belongs to the Lord. Amen. All right. So in this time, we're gonna just stand up to your our feet, and we're gonna recite this scripture, and we're gonna say it on the count of three. Okay, one, two, three. At twenty thirty-five. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Okay, I'd like to you guys to bow your head and close your eyes. Father God, we just come to you this time and we thank you just to be able to be here and get to know you more, Lord. I pray that you bless these students, God, to be a blessing to your church, oh God, to raise up people, God, that will just continue just changing this world, Lord. I pray that you bless the tithes and offering, God, in this time that we are going to have to share together. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, you can come up as you give. Five fingers on that word, brother, God's on it. 
Yo, 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 check it out, check it out. If y'all can do me the favor and stand up, we're going to get ready for worship. Y'all can leave your seats. Give me a favor, please, leave your seats. Hallelujah. My name is Pastor Adam. I'm the youth pastor here at this ministry, and we have a special treat for y'all. Someone say, treat. Look to your neighbor, look him right in the face and say, treat. Right. That, that was weird. Anyways, we have Pastor Corey Hicks all the way from New Orleans. Let's give it up for Pastor Corey Hicks as he makes his way up. Just a little bit about Pastor Corey Hicks. Um, he is an SUM grad as well as myself, but he has a ministry as a church out in New Orleans reaching people. And one of the things that he does, he goes and performs rap, hip-hop, and he does his thing. So without further ado, one more time, let's give a nice Elevate one welcome for Pastor Corey Hicks. Yeah, give it up for Pastor Adam, y'all. Make some noise, my dude. Yeah, I came all the way from New Orleans, and one of the things we say in New Orleans, we say wine. So if y'all love Jesus Christ out there, let me hear y'all say wine. Let me hear y'all say you heard me. And let me hear y'all say you dig. We're going to get it popping. I got a song. We're going to do a joint now, and then at the end of the service, I'm going to do a few more for y'all. But let's get it popping. This first song I'm going to do is called Knock It Hard. Let it go. It's coming. <laughs> Y'all gonna come a little closer too. I'm not gonna do you now. We're gonna do knock it hard. Come on. The first one, knock it hard. Alright, come on, y'all. How many of y'all got swag out there? Uh yeah. Turn me up. Yeah. Turn that track up. Yeah. Yeah. Christ all in your air. Put your L's up in the air like this here. Yeah. Christ up in the air. Christ all in your area, Christ all in your area, yeah, 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 yeah. It say elevate, it say elevate, it say elevate, yeah, yeah. And look, it say Christ all in your area, it say Christ all in your area, it say Christ all in your area, yeah, yeah. Yeah, check this out. We bring Jesus to high schools, parks, and concerts. The beats and the rhymes come together like clockwork. When I speak, it be the spirit letting the rock work. You know how we do better than we just spit, write it down like a paralegal. We just bring the swag in. We are just a fragment. Stone made attracting. I wrote the cracking. B boys backspin. B girls popping like. Christ in your area, massive hysteria, the beat knock the horrors cry, Pete what I'm telling you, the beat's copacetic, lyrics be prophetic, we not promised tomorrow, so I hope y'all, it say Christ all in your area, 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 yeah, it say Jesus, say Jesus. Say Jesus. Jesus. Oh, 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 oh. And say Christ all in your area. We bring Christ all in your area. We bring Christ all in your area. We bring Christ all in your area. 
Hey, yo, Jesus is the answer. He's the solution. So we put him on blast to put it in the pollution. Instead of bumping Drake, Cassidy, a Lil Wayne, we hit him with the gospel. Give him a Lil Jane. I see you riding the fence. You're torn like the bell. Grace through faith without that. You go to hell. No itching ears here, fam. You could go to hell. Christ the incarnate, the cross at three nail. We blatant, we can't keep Christ on a DL. His blood and our testimony. That's how we prevail. We spit Christ on that sting on your life. And D well to spread the message of the gospel of Christ. Like even and say Christ all in your area. 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 You, you dig. If you love Jesus Christ, say why? Make some noise. Elevate. 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 What, 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 what? Elevate. 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 Yeah. Check it out. Check it out. Before I pass it off to my man, I'm going to do a quick acapella. You already know the deal. Like the cause fix. Satan sending headshots like a marksman. I'm in and out the studio, but I'm all in. My lyrics be straight to the point like a shark fan. I'm from New Orleans where the murder rate escalate like the mall, homie. So it take extra fate. Why, am I, why you trying to eat my city by the extra plate? So I'm about to murk my flesh. Uh, watch me catch a case. 24, 12 deuces. Acts 1 verse 8, no excuses. We tell the world Christ hang like nuisance. The devil try to be bad. Why? I'm a nuisance. We gonna preach Christ to the shy to the endo. When I look at elevate, I'm like, yeah, that's my kinfolk. Cause we got Pastor Adam in the building. And he got a bunch of what spiritual children. Daddy raising up, that's disciples. Daddy aiming like a rifle. We can hit full of ton and do it big. It's Cole Hicks from the endo. You dig? I love y'all. Y'all give it up for Pastor Adam. You heard me? We going there. Elevate. 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 Yeah. Come on, let's give it up for Cole Hicks. Hallelujah. Can we have the band come on up? This is our heart, man. This is what we want. We want Jesus in this place. Amen. So do me the favor. Corey Hicks just started us off. If you gotta know, rap is a form of worship. Amen. Do me a favor, close your eyes in this place, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God, we worship you in this place. You are king, you are Lord, and there is no one like you. God, we pray that this time, Father, it wouldn't be just us coming and just doing the motions, Father God, us doing what we always do, just coming and, and just lifting our hands, but God, that you would use your Holy Spirit. God, come upon us in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Y'all can bump some music in the background right now. As I get ready. One, two, one, two, one, two. Amen. Amen. If we can get the words on the screen for me, please.
Come on, clap your hands. Let me sing it out here inside. We're here inside your presence, taken by the wonder of you. Let's sing it out. We're here inside your glory. We give our lives fully to you. Let's sing it again here inside. Here inside your presence, taken by the wonder of you. We're here inside your glory, we give our lives fully to you. Come sing it out, we cry. And we cry, holy, holy. Lift your hands in this place, sing it out. We cry, holy, holy are you. Come on, sing your love. Your love, it burns inside. Our hearts are satisfied by you. Your love is our reward. It's why we ask for more of you. Sing it out, we cry. And we cry, holy, oh, holy are you. Sing it out to Jesus. We cry, holy, oh, holy. We sing, we cry, holy, every voice. We cry, holy, holy are you. And our hearts are burning, our hearts are burning, burning for you. We'll sing, we are. We are your burning ones. We are consumed by you. Come on, every voice, just sing it out. We set our lives upon. We are consumed by you. Here we go, an attitude of worship right now with all eyes closed in this place. Come on, close your eyes. Ain't no looking around. There's nothing important going around. I just want to tell you right now what's happening. That as we sing songs in this place, we're talking about, man, God, I want you to come and fill this place. I want you to fill me up. It doesn't matter if you've never been to church before. It doesn't matter if this is your first time in a long time. What we're saying is that, man, we're praying to a God who's not set back by, by your mistakes. That when he looks down in your life and he sees all your insecurities, all your shortcomings, he sent his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross. And the Bible says that those who believe in Jesus, come on, that those who believe and call in his name, 
those are the ones who will be filled. And so what we're saying right now in singing this song, God, we want you to fill us up. We don't want to go through the motions, God. We don't want to do it just because the words are on the screen. But God, we want to touch in this place. God, we want to touch in this place. Come on. Does anybody else in this place want to touch from God? Are you done with playing church? Come on. Come on, if you want to touch from God, just lift your hands in this place. I don't know about you, but I'm going after Jesus. He's the only thing that matters to me in this life. Come on. Jesus, we give it all for you. Come on, lift those hands. Just call on his name. Jesus, we give it all for you. We give it all for you, Lord. Come on, call on his name in his place. Jesus, you're all we want. You're all we need, Lord. Come on, here we go. We're going to sing this part of the song again. And I want you to sing it as if you're singing it right in front of Jesus. That he's standing right in front of you. Come on. Here we go. So let this love. Oh, yeah, yeah. So let this love be like a fire. Let our lives be like a flame. Come on, sing it. Fill our souls. Let our passion bring you fame. So let this love be like a fire. Let our lives be like a flame. Fill our souls with your desire. Let our passion bring you fame. So let this love be like a fire. Let our lives be like a flame. Fill our souls with your desire. Let our passion be you faith. Oh, Lord. Oh, give him praise in this place right now. Give him praise in this place. You're worthy, Lord. God, God, we can go anywhere, God, and try to run from you, God, and try to pretend like you don't exist. But God, that everywhere that we go, we're reminded that in creation, the Father in people, that in your church, that God, you do exist. Come on. God, we worship you right now. God, we believe that your Holy Spirit has come into this place. And God, you are searching hearts. God, we want your power in this place to change people's lives. 
Got to break off whatever chains they may be facing. Got to break off whatever embarrassment they may be going through right now in this place. God, do it only you can do, Lord. Do it only you can do, God. We give you the highest praise in this place. This next song is called Set a Fire. Come on, this is going to be the last song we sing before we transition it out, guys. But this is what I want us to do. I want us to cry out to God. Y'all can look up at me really quickly. I just want to tell you something and share it from my heart. That God's only going to be as real to you as you want him to be. Because whether you like it or not, he's God and he's real. So this is what I'm saying right now. When we sing songs like this, guys, don't get lost in the karaoke. Don't get lost just because the words are on the screen. This is what I want you to do. For some of us, this may be the first time that we're coming and we're praying and we're singing songs that maybe some of us are even thinking about God. Because in our minds, we like to think that we're so busy, we got other things going on, whether it may be our relationships, hello. Jesus is bringing sexy back, I just let y'all know. Whether it could be our families, whatever it may be, we don't give God enough time, the proper recognition, the honor, the praise that we should. And we could come right now and do that. I'm not saying if you don't pray enough, I'm not saying if you don't sing enough, you can't sing with us. No. Here's the good part that even in your jacked up state, <laughs> even with all your mistakes, the sins that you come in here, your too cool attitude, like, I ain't gonna play. God still loves you, and he wants to mess you up. He wants to fill you up with his love. Not that fake love that someone tells you. Not that fake love you see on TV, on the shows, or on movies. Not that twilight love. Come on now. Well, he wants to fill you up with a genuine love that only comes from God. Think about it like this, like the best kind of love you've ever felt in your life. And no, I'm not talking about sexually, but I'm talking about that longing and that desire that you feel in your heart. That man, I want that to be filled. Like why is it always there? Because only God can fill it. Only God can do it. Come on. We're going to sing this song, No Place I'd Rather Be. But let's pray. Father, we don't want to go just because we sing songs. That's what we do in churches. No, no, no. God, we want to meet with you. Come on, tell them in your own words. God, I want to meet with you. Jesus, I want you. God, I want you. Your goodness, your love. Come on, the new life that you bring in Jesus, I want that. what we want in this place to see you high and lifted up to see you Lord come on sing no place there's no place I would rather be there's no place I would rather be no place I would rather be than here in your love than here in sing it out but no place I would rather be no place I would rather be, no place I would rather be than here in your love, 
Won't sing no place, no place I would rather be. No place I would rather be. No place I would rather be than here in. No place I'd rather, no place. Won't sing set a fire. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, I can't control. I want more of you, God. Come sing, no place. No place I would rather be. No place I would rather be. There's no place. Come on and tell them. And here it. No place. No place. Rather be. No place. Oh. Come on, set a fire. And here in your love. Here in your love. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Just one more of you, Lord. Come sing no place, every voice. There's no place I would rather be. No place. Come on, shout it out. There's no place. Oh, shout it out. There's no place I would rather be. No. There's no place I would rather be. There's no place I would rather be than here in. Oh, let the world know. There's no place I would rather be. Yeah. No place I than here in your love. Oh, shout it out. No place. No place I would rather be. No place I would rather be, yeah. There's no place I would rather be than hearing, than hearing. Set a fire, set a fire down in my soul. I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul. I want more of you, God. Just a voice to sing it out. Set a fire down in my soul. I want more of you, God. I want more. Oh, set a fire down in my 
Bless you in this place. Come on, give him a hand clap of praise. Come on. Come on, if you can just do me the favor, begin to make your way just in the attitude of worship. Come on and greet your neighbor, love on him a little bit. Begin to make your way back to your seats. Pull out your Bibles, get ready for the word. Come on, greet somebody you've never met yet.
Praise God. Come on now. Just just close your eyes right now in this place. For some of us, this may be new. I understand that. And you may be going on and saying in your head, like, what the heck are they doing right now? Why are some people raising their hand? Why are they so into it? Man, I've been to church. I've never been like that. Do me the favor. Just close your eyes in this place. Because there's nothing that you can see that will explain or even take you to the place where some of us are at right now. Just in an attitude of worship. I just wanted to share with you that God, he's real. He's not upset at you. He's not angry with you. The Bible talks about it in passage in Luke that his response to the person who runs away from him kind of like rejects him, throws everything that God has given him back to God's face and saying, I'm done. This is mine. I'm going to do my own. YOLO. Almost to say God looks at that person and he sees them and they're broken. And even in your hard moments, the hardest times, God is saying, man, listen, I will embrace you. The story goes like this. There was this young man who squandered everything he had. He goes up to his father and says, man, give me everything I got, everything that's owed me, that's due me. And he goes and he spends it all. And he finds out that money never satisfied. He looks at his life and it got so low that he was eating with the pigs. And he said, man, I never had it like this when I was at my father's house. The servants have it even better than this. So he said to himself, I'm going to go back to my father. And I like this. You just keep your eyes closed. Just imagine this with me. He's going, he's making his way back. And you would figure in his mind, he's thinking like, man, dad's going to pull out the belt and whoop me. He's probably going to put it back in my face. Like, I told you, you should have never left. And he's coming up and he's saying, man, I'm ready for this. Because the Bible says that he started coming up with things he could say to his father. Like, man, dad, I'm sorry. You just didn't understand. I was so young. Maybe I was ignorant. And he's coming up with a speech. Dad, oh, no, no, no. Um, um, father, uh, no, 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 no. Please, dad. And he's thinking to himself, like, man, what can I do? And the Bible says that the father was walking out. He had been doing so for the whole entire time since his son left. And he sees his son from a distance. And the Bible says that the father begins to run. He's running after that son who left, who kind of rejected him and said, you know, I'm going to do my own. And the Bible paints this picture for you today that the father embraces the son and begins to kiss him, begins to love him. And I can imagine the son is probably saying like, dad, you don't understand. And the father's just kissing him. It's just like, dad, you know, and he's kissing him. And it's just like, dad, I, I want to say something that that's all he's hearing because the father's so happy that he's home. And it was so contrary to what he was thinking. And that's a picture to what God the Father is for us today. You can open up your eyes. I wanted to share that because sometimes it's hard to appreciate the word of God without understanding his position towards us. Never notice it like this? Like whenever my dad was mad at me and then he'd try to teach me something, I would always be hesitant to learn or even listen to him because dad was upset. He can pull out the bell and it, whoosh, right? Do you ever notice that? I mean, you just, in life, you, you won't like, I don't know if I can trust the person. Like, ah. Uh, and sometimes when we come to church, we think that of God. Like this Jesus, he died for my sins. What's the catch? Oh, he wants my life. I knew it was too good to be true. He died for my sins. I got to go to heaven. Pfft, that's what's up. I want to go to heaven. Who wants to go to heaven in this place? Raise your hand. Hallelujah. But we come to church thinking like, man, I'm just going to just, okay, I'll raise my hand. 
Set a fire down in my soul. I ain't going to even sing. Fold my hands. Look at everybody else. And I'm telling you what, God's position towards you, man, he wants to embrace you. Today we are continuing our series, Jesus is Bringing Sexy Back. Hallelujah. When we're going to talk about it, we're going to make that breathy tone, sexy. Come on, someone say it like that, sexy. Hallelujah. You know, it's funny because I would preach and a lot of people would, I would go up to youth and say, hey, man, what did I preach about last week? That's what youth pastors do to make themselves feel better. You know, they go up and say, man, what did I talk about last week? And they'd be like, uh, uh. But you know what? I have not had that problem with Jesus is bringing sexy back. Ever since I came up with that title, or I didn't come up with it, but we're using it. Like, man, what are we talking about? Jesus is bringing sexy back. You guys are excited about it. And I'm glad because God is excited about it, too. Amen. Y'all can open up your Bibles to Judges 16. We're going to get into the story of Samson and Delilah. Delilah. Samson and Delilah. Okay. And I'm not going to assume that you guys know um, a little bit about Samson and Delilah. So I want to give you a little bit of backdrop of what's going on here. The book of Judges. Some of y'all don't open up your Old Testament. Y'all should read it. It's good for you. The book of Judges basically is about a story of people that God sends to save Israel. Israel finds himself, finds herself in some trouble, and God raises up people. He anoints them with the power of his Holy Spirit to go and deliver them. Here we are in chapter 16, Samson and Delilah. Samson is a strong man. He is a hero. He is a champion of the Israelites. I want to give you the picture of what Samson would look like. Y'all know who uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is? Kind of something like that. Maybe a little bigger. How about this? Fabio? I can't believe it's not butter. The guy with the hair, pff, I can't believe it's not butter. You know, I'm trying to do an impression, but that's what Samson would look like, okay? He's a popular guy. He probably had a Facebook, had a whole bunch of people follow him. Kids probably had his poster in their wall. Samson was a cool dude, okay? And so here we are. Samson was anointed by God. He had a Nazarite vow. He was selected by God saying, listen, I'm going to use you to deliver my people. That Nazarite vow means he couldn't cut his hair. He couldn't uh, drink anything intoxicating or he couldn't be around the vicinity around dead bodies. So God was using Samson for a special purpose. But see, Samson had a problem. The problem was the ladies. See, my man Samson and all the strength and all his success, he had an issue. You know, I love the Bible because the Bible doesn't try to hide things. You know, like some people say when they read the story like this, you see how Samson fell. Like he utterly made a mistake. Like what in the world? Like are you serious? This is the person that God wants to use? It's in the Bible? Like man, if I was God, why would I even put this? Because that makes God look bad. Right? But there's no shame because there's a story of God keeping a real God using people. Amen. So we're going to pick up in chapter 16, verse 4. I'm going to read it in the New King James Version, and we can get it up on the screen for you guys. If you guys don't got it, you guys can listen up. I'll read it out loud. I'll start off in 4. Samson and Delilah. Afterward, it happened that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. Let's say that on count of three just like that. One, two, three. Hallelujah. And the lords of the Philistines came up to her and said to her, entice him and find out where his great strength lies. And by what means we may overpower him, that we may bind him to afflict him. And every one of us will give you 1,100 pieces. We're going to show you the money, girl. Verse 6. So Delilah said to Samson, 
Please tell me where your great strength lies and, what with, and with what you may be bound to afflict you. That is a great pickup line. She just goes up to him and says, hey, tell me what it is that your shrieker power comes from so that I can bind you up so I can hurt you. <laughs> like what in the world? Did that just happen? Yes. And the Bible goes on that Samson gave in to this. Samson was lured away, the Bible says, and he was enticed. And it goes on where the Philistine people came into Samson, and Samson did not know that the Holy Spirit had left them. Amen. Let's catch up and let's read it at verse. I'm sorry. Mm -mm. Verse 20. Verse 20, it says like this, in conclusion, I don't want to read the entire thing. We've got much time for the yep. Verse 20, and he, she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go at all as before at other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. We are talking about Jesus bringing sexy back. And if we're going to be talking about Jesus bringing anything back, we got to bring Jesus in the story, y'all. Right? We have talked about Jesus. Okay, so open up your Bibles to John chapter 4. Y'all brought your Bibles. You're going to work the word today. John chapter 4. And we're going to pick up in a story of Jesus with a Samaritan woman. Hallelujah. If you're there, say I'm there. If you're not, say hold up. Hold up. I'm okay. I'm going to give you a little bit. Hold up. Wait a minute. All right, so, he, so here we are at John Chapter 4, Jesus is bringing sexy back. I want to paint the, another backdrop for this, this passage here. Um, Jesus is now traveling. Jesus is starting his ministry. He is doing awesome things. Okay, and he's traveling. And the Bible says that he goes through Samaria. Okay, he had to go through Samaria. And I'm going to give you a little bit of the culture of what's happening here. Jesus is a Jew. Okay, he's of the Jewish people. And Samaria, they don't get along. They really don't like each other unless if it's in the marketplace where they have to do business, they can talk to each other. But really, if they can, they'll avoid each other like the plague. Like, I ain't talking to you. Like, uh-uh, that ain't happening. You know, Jews and Samaritans do not talk to each other. They do not get along. Much more so a Jewish man with a Samaritan woman. That does not happen. Culturally, it'll be like, man, you know what? Someone being really, really racist. It's like, I ain't going to talk to those people. Like, forget, that's what it's like right here in the passage. See, the culture was set up like that. They were racist, messed up, jacked up. But Jesus, uh-uh, that's not our Jesus. So let's go ahead and pick up in verse 4. It said, but he needed to go through Samaria. Verse 5, so he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Yada, yada, yada. Verse 7, hallelujah. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away to the city to buy food. Verse 9, the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink for me, a Samaritan woman? She's stopping him saying, hey, listen, hold up a minute. Wait a minute. Is this really happening? Like, are you talking to me? She probably saw Jesus coming in. And she's just like, is this dude serious? And she just calls it for what it is. She's just like. What? Excuse me? Huh? What? And Jesus says it like this. For the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her in verse 10. 
Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? I love this. This is really happening. This is not something you find in, in Shakespeare. So when we read this, you can kind of understand, like, it's culture. It's kind of like an interaction. So it's not like, uh, please give me some water or, hey, can you give me some water? It's more like, did you just talk to me? Are you really saying that? And Jesus is like, okay, if you really knew who was asking, you would ask me to give you some water. And I love this woman because she's not all into it. She's just like, uh, dude, uh, where's your bucket? Like, are you serious? Like. What are you talking about? Verse 11. Sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us this well and drank from it himself as well as his son and his livestock? Jesus answered her, verse 13, and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in, in him a fountain, of springing, a, a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, verse 15, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. She's just like, man, you talk about I'll never get thirsty. I'll never have to get water for this guy that I'm... Well, he's not really my husband, but you know what? This guy that I'm going to be with, and she's excited. She's probably getting to her mind like, he has living water. It turned like, man, something's up. And she's getting interested. She's finding out. The woman said to her, verse 15, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Verse 16, Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. 17, the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one whom you have now is not your husband, and that you spoke truly. Hallelujah. Verse 19, the woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. I was paint this a little bit. She's talking with Jesus, Jesus being God. Let me tell you something. There's nothing that Jesus does not know. Okay? There's nothing that he does not know. He is God. And so he's talking with him, and she says, Listen, go and bring your husband back. And she says, well, I don't have a husband. Jesus basically calls her out, prophetic, saying, that's right. You don't got a husband. You had five. And she says to him, uh, sir, I perceive you are a prophet. She's more like, uh, you sure do know how to call it. Uh, and she's probably getting ashamed and embarrassed. And I love this girl. She's just so real. This is what she said. Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Verse 20, I love this. She's a little embarrassed. She's a little ashamed. So like anybody who's feeling shame, she kind of changes the subject. Verse 20, our fathers worship on this mountain, and you Jews say that in the, in the place of Jerusalem, Jerusalem is in the place where we ought to worship. I love this woman. She's a little ashamed, embarrassed that Jesus has caught her out in her sexual sin. Imagine that you've had your entire life, you've gone through husband, through husband, and it's not working out, and people are knowing you, and man, that girl gets around. It's getting a bad rap to your name, and here Jesus is talking to her, and he calls it for what it is, and she's like, uh, you got a little prophetic gift going on there, don't you? Uh, she's probably thinking to herself, like, man, you know what, uh, he's probably a rabbi Jewish, I'm going to get him on theology. So, um, you know what, the Jews like to worship on this, she's changing the subject. She's just like, uh, uh, let's not talk about, but Jesus being Jesus said, you know what? You want to talk about worship? Let's go there. Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the father, worship, worship the father. You worship with what you do not know. We 
Hallelujah, New King James Version. God give me grace. We know that what we worship for salvation is of the Jews, but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship. God is the spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said in verse 25, I know the Messiah is coming who's called the Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Man, you know what you're saying is true. When when the Christ comes, then everything will get fixed. She's kind of putting her hope in mind like, man, when that happens, I'll be okay. I'll be good. Verse 26, I love this. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. You're speaking to him. Hey, what you've been looking for is here. See, you've been running to five guys, and you've been looking and hoping that you'll find something in them. You found me. I'm what you've been looking for. The Bible says that Jesus had to go through Samaria because he had to talk to this woman. It was so important. I want to begin to talk to you a little bit about Jesus bringing sexy back in the context of this. Let's go back to Judges 16.5. Judges 16.5. Notice one of the words, one of the Hebrew words I want to be highlighting and bringing to your attention is entice somebody say entice notice how the bible says that delilah this the philistines said to delilah go entice him entice him that word literally means to open up mentally or morally get it like this we're talking in this series we're going to bring up a whole bunch of issues revolving around sexual sin you see, and I want to tell you that it doesn't, start, it doesn't start just with someone looking at pornography. It doesn't start with someone just sleeping with another person. It doesn't start there. It's more sophisticated than that. I believe it starts when your mind is opened up to the thought, when you're enticed, enticed to open up mentally and morally. And it starts so small. It starts so small. When you begin to look at pornography, it starts by, you know, what? Oh, I'm not a bad person. I can't believe I did that. And you're addicted. It opens up your mind to the thought, and as you're going about your day, those thoughts easily come back, and you're just like, man, I I just got to go back to it. I'm not going to do it so much. Maybe I'm going to cut it off to maybe once a week or something. Or maybe when you're thinking to yourself, like, all I need is a man to satisfy me. All I need is this relationship with this woman, and I'll be okay. You're opened up to the thought, and in today's society, it's easy to have those thoughts. Let's be honest. If we look to the TV, if we look to the Internet, it's infiltrated. It has so much perversion. So it's easy to be opened up to the thoughts. I mean, this coming Sunday is the Super Bowl. And I'll tell you what, they have some funny commercials. I sometimes sit there, watch the Super Bowl just because of the commercials. Like, man, that's hilarious. I can't these guys are playing, whatever. Ah, you know, and sometimes these commercials, they can get so perverted. They, what they do is try to sell you sex. Really, you can watch a commercial, 40 seconds go by, you would have known they were advertising a car. A woman with a bikini, hello. Let's not pretend like, oh, you know what, that doesn't happen. That's not, Adam, I'm cool. It's everywhere. You see, this issue of sexual sin, it happens to everyone. Let's not become like, you know what, that's not me. Or, you know what, I've never done that. (laughs) Pornography? That's, (laughs) I don't even know what that is. Yeah, right. You see, this issue happens to everyone. So when we come to this place and we're talking about it, let's not retreat back and say, that's not me, and hide in our shame. But I believe that Jesus is the antidote, 
is the ultimate solution to any sexual thirst or desire that we have. I'm not saying Jesus is someone that we can have sex with, but I'm saying that that desire sexually within us can be satisfied only by Jesus. Amen. Judges 16, entice. You know, I want to give it to you like this. When I, when I first started learning about this and reading, I'm like, man, you know what? When we come to church, we get to say we're excited about Jesus. And, and to be honest, sinning is easy. Hello? Sinning is actually very easy. Just get in my car. I'm driving. Person didn't use their blinkers. Like, I'm upset. I'm yelling. I go from Pastor Adam to like this woman. You know, it's just, that's why Lord have grace. He's good. But sinning is easy. Let's not come to church and say, you know what, that's, that's, that's just on bad days. I put myself out there. It happens to everyone. It's almost natural. And so when we come to Christ, and especially in the issue of sexual desires, we think to ourselves like, man, God, you got to do something crazy in me. You got to do something. And, and in, our, in, our, in our efforts to try to live holy, in our efforts to try to, try to be pure before God, we've kind of now equated that God doesn't want us to have fun. This idea of pleasure. Somebody say pleasure. I want to tell you today that God wants you to have pleasure. God wants you to have fun. You know, sometimes in the church we come to ourselves, man, God, you want me to be holy. You want me to be pure and it's really boring and that's not our God. If I read the Bible correctly, in Genesis, the Bible says that he made the Garden of Eden and that place was legit. I mean, Adam and Eve had everything and anything. There was no place like it. So when I read the story, I can understand that God wants us to have a good time. Now going back to this issue of sexuality and our efforts and, and, and trying to do things right, we've kind of taken out fun. Now I want to give you this down. Write this down. When it comes to sexual issues you are facing, what I am not saying, what I am not promoting is go and have sex and then come back and repent from it. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm not saying is go and look at pornography. Go and do these things. Go and look up these lusts and perversions that you know what you can come back and get right from. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that he's a God who's designed you to have pleasure and fun. And when you look at your life, the Christian life doesn't have to be so boring. I propose this, write this down, have redeemed fun. Hello? People come to me like, man, Adam, you're so cool. You want to do this? Like, man, I like to party. I really like to party. Man, I really like to have a good time. If you're with me, chilling, hanging out, that's what we do. Having a good time. God wants you to have a good time. Have redeemed fun. Find a hobby. Some of us, we think like, you know what? I got to do this and I got to read my Bible. I got to read the entire book of John and memorize it. Hey, that's good. But what are you doing with your time? Go and do some things. Go find a hobby. Have fun. I want to tell you this. Be careful that in your pursuit of pleasure that you don't put this as an idol or before God. Because the Bible says that God is the ultimate source of pleasure that we have. Open up your Bibles to Psalm 16. Psalm 16. I love this. Jesus is the ultimate Source of pleasure. God is the ultimate source of pleasure. Psalm 16, verse 11, it says it like this. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is the fullness of joy. 
And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Lawrence, can you come up to the keys for me, please? You will show me the path of life, and your presence is the fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. I'm believing that God, his desire for you, his desire for you is to make you whole. His desire for you is to complete you. But some of us, we have turned our attentions from God to other things. And it's very easy. It is so easy. I'm telling you what, I'm telling for myself, as a young man, if I look back in my life, you see, I celebrate the things and the pitfalls in my life because I know I look back, Jesus, he got me out. The first time I was introduced to pornography was I was the age of 10, 10 or 11. It was, it was through uh, someone dear to me, and I, and I was like, what in the world? It was just an image. But I just remember being at that young age, I'm like, man, you know what, what is this? And being addicted became so easy. So easy. That perversion, that lust in my heart, see, I couldn't love right. Because I thought like, man, this was good. I thought this was my, my joy, my pleasure. And it was always temporary, never satisfied. And even up till high school, I carried in. When I was a junior, senior, I became in a relationship, I got in a relationship with this young lady. And I thought to myself, like, man, you know, I grew up in church. I know better. I will never have sex. You see, it started back then. I was enticed. My mind was opened up to the thought way back when. And the long story short, I fell in that relationship with that young lady. And I tell you what, it happens to me. It happens to all of us. Let's not play the card like, you know what, Adam, that is not going to happen to me. I'm at this place. Even if you're a pastor, even if you're a youth leader in this youth group, the Bible says, take heed lest you fall, for it's God that holds you up. God who holds you up. Take heed. You think you're doing it on your own, your own desires. and It's not. See, even when we come to this place, God, I put my desire, my pleasure in you. And sometimes it's so hard. In our pursuit of pleasure, it may be distorted and replaced. It's so easy, even when we come to church, we have all these things to try to get us back in shape, get us back in shape, get us back in shape, get us back to the place where we're saying, like, man, God, fix me. And we have accountability. Man, accountability is good, but that's not the answer. Man, we do all these different things. You know what? We throw away the TV. We get rid of the computer. We change our passwords. And we're thinking like, man, this is going to set me up for life. You see, that is not the issue. All those things are good. Jesus is the source of pleasure. You see, we got to come back to him. You see, we can't go back to our methods and all the things that we do thinking like, this is the greatest thing in my life. No, Jesus is the greatest thing in your life. The Bible says in Jeremiah 2, Jeremiah was a prophet. He came to God's people when God's people had it messed up. Jeremiah was a prophet saying, man, listen, you better get it right, because otherwise this is going to happen, this destruction, this ruin. And the Israelite people were looking around. They were having success. They're like, hey, I don't believe you. Like, I'm, I have a job. My family's taken care of. We're all good. Like, what are you talking about? Jeremiah painted the picture like this. Hey, listen, you think you're right? Well, actually, you are as a broken cistern. You're like a broken jug. You know, if you ever try to fill a broken jug, it will never be satisfied. You're always constantly having to pour water and pour water and pour water and pour water. And you're just like, man, it's so much work pour more water. You're like a broken cistern. You can't fix yourself. That's what it's like. 
when you're enticed, when your mind is opened up to the thought, the word illustration is this, a sparkling bait. Think about it, like a fish in the water. And someone's fishing, and they, the, the fish catches the, 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 the bait, and it sees it, it smells it, and it looks so good, but underneath the bait is that hook. So the fish would go after it, thinking like, man, I just got myself a free meal. Really know that hook catches you. You try to get away. You're struggling, thinking like, where am I at? It's just this one time. It's just this one time I looked at pornography. It's just this one time that I slept with this girl. It's just this one time that these thoughts came up. It's just that one time. What's going on? I'm not that bad of a person. I'm generally not like this. I'm more of a good, clean-hearted person. What's going on? And you're hooked. And it's filled your heart. Like your broken sister. You keep on going to it. You keep on going to it. Jesus can only satisfy you. That sexual desire that you have, Jesus quenches that thirst. I want to explain it to you like this. John, th- John 7, 37. You guys can open up your Bibles and get there. But the Bible says that he is the living source of water. That broken sister, you're trying to fill it up with different things. Like, man, I looked at it once. Man, I'm going back to that well of pornography. Man, I'm going back to this well of sexual temptation. Never going to fill you up. It always leaves you empty. It has the illusion of a good time. But after the fact, you always walked away embarrassed, broken, shamed. What's the catch? Five minutes of pleasure? What's the catch? A whole life living in shame? No. Jesus is the answer. He is the source of living water. John 7, 37. What's happening here, kind of referencing back, there was a feast going on, and this was the last day. It's called the Feast of Tabernacles. And what they would do to celebrate, they would go to the river, and they would fill up these giant cisterns. They would fill up these giant jars and vases, and they would go and they'd bring it in, symbolizing how God had delivered them back in the time of Moses. How they brought water from the rock. God supernaturally provided for his people. There's a story in the Old Testament. But the Feast of Tabernacles, what they did to remember what God was doing in their life, they would have these feasts. They would celebrate. Man, do you remember what God did for us then? He's doing it now. And they would go back and carry these jugs, symbolizing the thirst that God would quench for them. That God quenched for them. And in John 7, 37, I love this. This is actually the day of the Feast of Tabernacles. The Bible said it's the last day and Jesus comes up. John 7, 37, it says it like this. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. I love this. The Bible said he cried out in a loud voice, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me. See what Jesus is saying, listen, nothing's going to fill you up the way I can fill you up. Nothing in your life that you're going to run to, that you're going to try to say, man, you know what? I don't really want God right now. I'm going to do this. It won't satisfy. You'll walk away saying, man, you know what? That was just a dead end. Maybe this. And you'll turn to different things. How about sexually? When you look at pornography, it leaves you empty thinking, I'm going to keep on going. Maybe I can stop later and you can't. The addiction's already hooked. The sparkling bait has caught your eye. It's opened your mind. And you're not satisfied. You're not quenched. Jesus is saying, if anyone thirsts, Let him come to me and drink. Don't run away in your sin. Don't run away and hide. 
don't run away and deal with it on your own. Jesus is saying, come. Come to Jesus. The Bible says this of the Holy Spirit. He who believes in me, as the scripture says, out of his heart, rivers of living water shall flow. Rivers of living water shall flow. I don't know about you guys, but let's not act like this isn't us. If we've been to that place like, man, I've been hurt. I've been ashamed. Man, it's let me down. This relationship. In closing, would you stand to your feet for me, please? If anyone thirsts, let them come to me and drink. If you're in this place and thinking, like, man, I just got to do more things at the church. That's what it is. If you're thinking to yourself, like, man, I just got to clap my hands more. <laughs> or maybe run around the church when the fast song goes. Or maybe when Corey Hicks raps, jump more. Then maybe Jesus will be okay with me. He's not going to be so mad. Or maybe he's not going to see my sin. No. Or maybe I just got to serve. When everything is done, I got to serve Jesus. You see, serving Jesus is secondary from taking the Jesus. You see, because you can't serve him with anything unless he gives to you. Hello? You got to take from Jesus. God, I take the living water that you poured out from your son, Jesus Christ. All in this place with all, all eyes closed. We're going to close right now. We're going to leave this time open for prayer. How do I do it? You might be saying to yourself. Man, I might have some desires. I have some lust. I have some things that in my heart, man, never satisfies. Never satisfies. I'm embarrassed. I'm ashamed. I'm afraid. I'm hurt. How do you do it? Jesus. Jesus is the source of living water. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. How do I do it, Adam? Just turn to Jesus. Come to him. You're not going to find it in, in the music. You're not going to find it in serving. You're not going to find it in, in the great times that we're going to have. After. It's going to found only in Jesus. Jesus works for everybody. He works for everybody. In closing, if you're saying to yourself, man, you know what? I feel ashamed because I can't even claim Jesus as my own. Maybe it's your first time walking into a youth service and hey, listen, I've never accepted Jesus in my heart. Well, it starts there. It starts there. Listen, we want to pray with you. If you have not accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, this is what we want to do. We want to pray for you. If you're saying, man, today I want to accept them in my heart. I, I want the living waters in my life. That's what I want you to do. Slip your hand up just nice and quick. Come on. If you want to accept Jesus in your heart, nice and quick. Okay, put them down. Amen. Hands going up in this place. Listen, we want to pray for you. Come on, let's have everybody pray this in closing. Say, Jesus. Come on, say it nice and loud. Say, Jesus, I come to you. I ask that you would fill me up with living waters. Jesus, I love you. You can have my life. In Jesus' name.